Thank you, Lord Jesus. I hope we never, ever let that become common. It costs such a tremendous price that we could be able to stand here tonight saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost to say that we're redeemed, rapture ready. Think of it, friends. We were as lost as lost could be. We were not a people. We didn't have a covenant. We didn't have anything but judgment and condemnation. And here we stand tonight as the people of God. We're blessed, aren't we? But Brother Donnie, we're going through so much trials. That's right, but we've got somebody to go through them. Trials with us. Amen. Is that right? Praise the Lord. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Y'all seem a little draggy tonight. Y'all... Um, didn't Brother Joel do a good job trying to get y'all all all perked up here he's bragging on how good y'all were amen well we're happy to be together tonight in the house of the Lord we've got so many needs you just heard those requests there that Brother Joel read and there's my there are so many many others but I believe this time that we're living it's a great opportunity for the presence of God to be able to manifest himself in our midst. We know it's at these junctions of time when omnipotence must point toward a great manifestation of what God wants to do. And God allows difficulty and trouble to come so that omnipotence can come and display itself in a way we would never see it if things were going good. So Ridge depends on our outlook and what we're looking for. I don't know about you, I'm looking for great things. I serve a big God. I don't pack my God in my pocket. I don't have a God that's made out of wood and stone and clay or brass and bronze and gold and silver and have to send him over to some jewelry store somewhere to get his eye replaced or his hand replaced. I I serve an almighty God. Amen. Amen. So appreciate the goodness of the Lord tonight. I'm sure maybe some of you have already heard a little bit about the report that we got yesterday from the doctor as far as Eric is concerned. Uh, For some of you um, that haven't heard it, I'll just give you a briefing of it. She had a brain scan done. It was clear. Full body scan on her bones, every bone on her body. It was clear. Endoscopy, it was clear. Colonoscopy, clear. I'm taking her Monday, uh, Lord willing, to do a biopsy on the lung. And then next uh, Friday uh, to do a gallium, they call it gallium PET scan. Um, So we're just believing God for a mighty miracle on her behalf. Not only her now. Don't just put Erica up here at the top because she's the pastor's daughter and forget everybody else. No, we all stand on the same plane before the Lord. So I know many of you are touched by, by her sickness and so on. And we so, so appreciate it people around the world, but we have so many others that are so sick, and we're going to offer prayer here tonight before we read the Word. Um, Brother Darrell Ward and his daughters and wife, of course, have got COVID, want to remember them. Uh, Brother David Siler has been sick with it. He's doing some better. His wife, Susan, is sick with it. Uh, Brother Terry Tidwell, I've talked to him twice this week, the last couple of days, he called me, him and Sister Vicky sitting in the ER. They thought they was going to have to intubate her because she could not breathe. And we prayed together, and the Lord moved for her, and they put her on oxygen. Thank the Lord for that. She's still in the hospital. I talked to Brother Terry again this morning. He called me, and um, he was not doing good at all. 
and later I think today he had to go back to the ER because he could not breathe. Brother David Siler told me it's about 11 in their church. It's affected by it. Several people are very, very sick. Brother Carroll's been in the hospital with it and uh, got out of the hospital yesterday. Still isn't feeling good today. So there's a bunch of them that are that are sick with it certainly need our prayers. Now look, friends, I know we've heard a lot of nonsense, a lot of politics and this and that and other. But if you'd been in contact with as many people as I have who had this, you wouldn't laugh at it. It's not a thing to play with. It's very serious stuff. Ask Brother Darrell if he wants it again. Ask any of these people who's had it. Oh, there's some that gets it and don't even know they've got it. But I know many, many more who's got it, and they never want it the rest of their entire life. Today is Brother Darrell's eighth day with it. Ask him if he'd like it again the second time. So we certainly want to pray for these people that God would just help them. And uh, just remember, how many has needs tonight in your life, in your home, your family? Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just want to ask you tonight, Lord Jesus, on behalf of your children. Lord, as I talked to Brother Daniel Nunley this morning, and my heart just went out to him, Lord, he could, he could barely breathe and talk at the same time. Told me he's probably going to have to go in today, Lord. And then Sister Linda calling us on our way to church tonight, Father, telling us that she had to take him in. And the doctors think maybe that he has pneumonia. We pray for our brother tonight, Lord, that you just move for him. Father, I cannot imagine how it must feel to not be able to catch your breath. Lord God, we pray for Brother Daniel tonight. In the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God move for our brother. Lord, in touch with Brother David Hara today, and Lord, we're just asking you that you'd move for him. You see this that he's had, Lord had quite a, quite a situation dealing with this in his body. But we're believing you, Father, that you're going to move on behalf of our brother. Lord, we thank you for every positive thing we hear, every wonderful testimony that, that we're able to rejoice in. I pray for Brother Darrell and his family. Lord, I pray for Brother David Siler, his family, for his church there. Uh, God, may you just strengthen them and help them. We pray for, Lord God, all the needs of your children around the world. Father, I know of so many in Africa, Uganda, shut down. Lord, friends of mine from the Congo have actually been actually in South Africa now for about three months, unable to go back to their own country because their borders are shut down because of all this. Lord, it's... It's wrecking havoc around the world. So we pray, God, for your mercy that you would help us, Lord. I know many of these people live in a little tiny, small, small world, and they get their influence from mama and from daddy. And, Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to understand there's millions of people that's being affected by this. We have brothers and sisters in Africa and in India and the Philippines and third world countries. They cannot work. They cannot provide for their families because their jobs are shut down. We pray for your people around the world. Some folks, all they're interested in is just their, their political version of it. Help us to get outside of our box, God. Help us to realize there's so many people that are suffering because of this. And we'd rather argue about whether wear a mask or not. Help us not to be so foolish. Help us not to be so selfish that all we're concerned about is arguing and debating over this and that and the other. Lord God, I pray for mercy to your children. I pray for your children in Africa, Lord, that can't eat, 
Dear God, every, every week getting the emails begging for help to buy food because they can't eat, they can't work, they can't get out because their government's got them shut down. God, be mindful of your people, I pray, Lord. Help us, dear God. Move on behalf of your children. Lord, we're not interested in politics. We're not interested in this doctor said that and that doctor said, Lord, what we want is deliverance for your people. Be merciful, I pray, Heavenly Father. We thank you for Erica's report yesterday, Father. And we're believing you, God. This is just the beginning of great things that we're going to hear. Lord God, we pray that you'd help us tonight in the service. You saw the hundreds of hands that were uplifted, not only here visibly, but those out there are streaming tonight. God, we ask that you'd just be mindful of the needs of your people. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Praise the Lord. And the saints said, Let's turn tonight to a wonderful, wonderful place in the Scripture. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. In it contains light that will shine on the Old Testament, light and grace that will shine on the new, also, hopefully, light and grace that will shine on our hearts. Now listen carefully as we read together verse 15, 16, and 17. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament. Now remember, the Lord Jesus didn't just die for you and for those of, from 2,000 years ago and on this way. But He is also giving the perfect sacrifice for every Old Testament believer who was not perfected by the blood of a goat. Now I want you to think that one death actually expiated the sins of all the Old Testament elect. Can you imagine how many millions there were from the cross on back that a blood of a goat or a turtle dove or a pigeon could not atone for? So he paid their penalty from the cross all the way back to Adam. Hallelujah. From the cross all the way back to Adam. And from the cross all the way plumb over to the last Gentile and the last Jew of the 144,000 will be saved. Praise be to God. That by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament because they were not actually expiated. They were simply painted over. So they take the blood of an animal and it just painted over it. But it could not perfect them. It could not allow them to go into heaven. They which are called, amen, might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. 
For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. So this totally eradicates the theology of more than one God. Absolutely annihilates the false doctrine of two lords around this message. Because the testator himself must die. Let me make it plain to you. So I make a will of what I own and I possess. So if one of my daughters die, does that mean my will is effective? No. So if you make a will and your son dies, you make a will, Brother Wayne, and your son, Jared, dies, does that make his will effective? Why? Jared was not the testator. Hallelujah. So the will of God is the testament of God. So God could not send another person to die and then God's will kick in. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it must be God in a condescended form. Hallelujah. Not a second person of the Godhead, but the person. Glory to God. I tell you what, that hit me today like a thousand volts. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So in other words, a son, another being separate from God, could die every day. And it still would not give the testament of the eternal strength. It would be of no effect until somehow the eternal takes death unto himself. May the Lord bless his word and us. You may be seated. For this cause, you see, again, it is the act of kenosis, emptying himself out, but not another God, not another Lord. God said in the Old Testament, if there is any other God, I know not one. He said, there is none beside me, saith the Lord. He said, if there is any other, I know not of one. So if there wasn't one with him in the Old Testament, how could there be another with him in the New? I love the way these apostolic writers, being the first generation that was born out of the genealogy of God. How that they were not contaminated with the Nicene Creed. They were not contaminated with Baptist theology, 
Church of God, Pentecostal, Assembly of God. They had an advantage on us in the sense that they had this Judeo-Christian merging of their background. None of these Jews believed in two gods or three. So for them then to embrace that their God had been made manifest in a mortal body, they were taught from the Old Testament right up to the Lord Jesus. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Lord is one. So for them to believe that it was a superior person and an inferior person and another inferior person, they didn't have that muddle that you and I have to pull through. So when they wrote about father and son, they were not writing of Nicene mess and Nicene junk, but they come from this Judeo background and merge into what we call the Judeo-Christian perception of the Godhead. So when they would use the term son, and they used it all through their writings, but they were not in their mind thinking of an old man and a younger man sitting there by him. But they knew it was an expression of the Father. Amen. Notice this, Paul in verse 15, he says, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament and the word here that he used, uh, the Greek word can be used interchangeably for testament or covenant. So it is actually the new covenant. And this is why that Jesus, when he sits there with the disciples at what we call the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper, and he hands them the bread and the wine, and he said, take, eat, this is my body. And take and drink, for this is the blood of the new Testament or the new covenant of my blood. Now we know that it must be sealed by a covenant of blood and there must be a seal or a token upon this to make it active as it would be your will or someone else's will that it must be witnessed and it must be a legal document. Then that document will be taken. Then the legatees, as it's called, they cannot get anything out of that will. Now you might have a copy of the will. You've got 14 brothers and 13 sisters and they've all got a copy of the will. The legal term is that you are called a legal T. A legal T. But you can get absolutely nothing out of the contents of that will. Your father might be a millionaire, a billionaire, a trillionaire, whatever more. You might have potentially houses and lands in Florida, in California, in Colorado, but you will not be able to get any of that until the death of your father. And then at the death of your father, then the will kicks in motion. Now notice how Paul catches this, that it must be the death of the testator himself. So the testator is the one who provides the terms of the will. 
So it cannot be a lawyer. Well, here's John Doe. He is a lawyer, Mr. Fred Smith. And Mr. Fred Smith says that he will leave to his kids so and so and so and so. And then when the lawyer dies, they will all get it. That's not the way it works. The lawyer may draw it up. The lawyer makes sure that it's legal, but it's not based upon the death of the lawyer. It is not based upon the death of another family member, but it is based upon the testator himself, and the eternal cannot die. God is a spirit, but yet this is from his own heart, from the very core of his own being. This did not come from an angelic being, but it is the will or the testament. Now think of it this way. This is the last will and testament of Jesus Christ, which is the incarnate God. But this is why the believers could not receive the Holy Ghost until first the testator had died. Now, the believers, Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Matthew, Mark, all of those that had walked with the Lord Jesus, it was so limited and what they were able to get pre-Calvary because the testator had not died and the effect of the will had not kicked in. Look at all the power the Lord had for Peter. Look at all the power and the great display of the supernatural that he had for John. Look at all the revelations that he had for John. But yet he could not get them. Why? The testator had not died. But my friend, ever since the death of the Lord Jesus, then everything in his last will and testament is ours. So if you're sick tonight, the will has already been purchased and the seal has been torn off the will, it's yours. You need healing, you need deliverance, you need peace, whatever you need, it's in the last will and testament of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice the channel by which Paul funnels it down through and for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of non-miracles, not means of life, not means of supernatural. There's only one means by which it can come down, and that is by the means of death. For the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament. I get it in your mind now that there were offenses that were left under the old covenant that could not be expiated. There's no way, absolutely no way that a blood of a lamb could totally eradicate Adam's sin. All that Adam brought on us. All that Adam did and yet one lamb died for him. How was he able to walk out from behind the bush with that sheepskin wrapped around him even to worship God he did it by faith but he was believing somehow that there would come a time no doubt he looked at it brother Gene and thought how can God accept the blood of this lamb for all that I have done all that I have forfeited all that did it make Adam right back on the same place he was before it did not it never put Adam right back in the garden of Eden had his sins totally been expiated and Adam been placed across the chasm again Adam would turn right around and walked right back into the garden 
Garden of Eden again, a restored man. But it could not do that. It could only bring him out and that with fear and shame and humiliation. But that lamb was pointing to a time when God would be able to provide a testator of a new testament. Friends, wonder how many millions and millions of sins David's adultery was still under, oh my, it was still under the blood of a goat. All the unbelief of Israel, all the unbelief of the prophets, all of their shortcomings was still not under the under the sinless blood of the Lord Jesus. Nope. Not until he died on the cross. That's why they could not go directly into the presence of God. Wonder how many sins of the people of God that was there simply painted over, but you scratch the paint off and there it is. The evil of David's sin and his adultery of taking an innocent man's life. Oh, numbering the people on and on and on we could go. It was not expiated. Expiated means that it reaches a place that is totally annihilated and the sinner has come back to a state of innocence. Oh my. The offenses which could not be expiated by the blood of an animal were still waiting. Oh God, thank you Lord. And yet the dispensation by which they would be totally eliminated from the presence of God, they could not receive full forgiveness. They could not receive the place of restitution and restoration because it was the blood of an animal. Yes, the Old Testament did require a life, but what kind of life was it? The life of an animal, the life of a pigeon, the life of a bullock, of the life of some lamb. But God was prophesying and pointing to a day when the mediator himself, the testator himself, the lawgiver himself, amen, the very one who said it's my will or my testament that my people be saved. It is my will or my testament that my people are fully redeemed. Redeemed, but yet how could he ever do it? He must do it through condescension. He must stoop down to a level that he can become a man. He must take the very sins of his own judgment upon himself. And when he dies, but the miraculous thing about it is, it don't say that he has to stay dead. But if he dies, then he releases the power of the will. And when he releases the power of the will, he resurrects. Oh, hallelujah. But by the means of death, he died and released the power of the will. And when he released it, he raised himself from the dead. Oh, glory to God. Can you imagine them in their hearts with all sincerity offering the blood of a lamb or an animal in faith in one way it would have taken more faith to believe that God would have accepted an animal for your sin than it would for us. Well, we're believing God, right, is accepting his own sacrifice. But they stand there thinking, God is going to take this animal for me? How can it be? How can it be? And you understand, every one of them true believers that did that in faith when the Lord Jesus died, their sins were expiated in the presence of God. 
This is why in Matthew 27, 53, many of the bodies of the saints which slept arose. He led captivity captive, gave gifts unto men. What did he do? He went down into paradise where they were being held. Why? Because the blood of an animal would not let their soul go up into the realm of the sixth dimension. Why? Their sins were still there. David's adultery, the blood of an animal, couldn't wipe it all clean. Oh, he said, my sin is ever before me. I sinned against you and you against the only Lord. I'm so sorry. Oh, God, please forgive me. But it was still under that because the blood of an animal could not do it. All I know is it's a good thing David lived in the Old Testament instead of living in the New. Boy, he'd have shouted himself to death if he lived here tonight. If David was unhappy, that of the deacons had done had to escort him out of here. To be able to live in the day when he's totally expiated by the blood of the Lord Jesus but once the Lord Jesus paid the complete price then he released every one of those genuine believers now no doubt some of them came up they wasn't sincere they didn't really believe it they went through the action you know where they are they're still lost but everyone of the day that believed it and they applied that blood of an animal in faith, hallelujah, when the Lord Jesus came and raised them up and their sins were totally eliminated. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Notice this, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by the means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are uh-oh. Oh, you mean it ain't just anybody that wants to? Oh, no, Brother Donnie. Here you go again. Yep, here I go. One of my favorite things in all the whole Bible. You see, because it is His will, it's not based upon me deciding that I want to. Now, say some rich man would die and say, I've heard of this man, Donnie Reagan, and I want to leave him about two trillion dollars. That's very unlikely, isn't it? But I want to leave him, well, I don't even know this guy, I'm not worthy, I didn't really do anything, but yet he wants to leave it to me. Well, I'd be, you know, I mean, if he wants to leave it to me, I'll, I think I'll take it and see how many ch more churches we can build. See how many more message books we can print and do this and that and the other. Well, or I can say, well, really, I'm not worthy. And I honestly didn't know him. And I, you know, really, I, I, think, I think I might have mentioned that guy's name a time or two and I was preaching. I scorched his hat real good. So I'm really, I, I don't think that I, I should honestly do that. And I can go down that road or I can be able to take that and say, man, what, what could we do with that? I just, the same way with all that the Lord Jesus has done for us. We said, well, I'm not worthy to be healed. I'm not worthy to be saved. I'm just going to keep on working. I'm going to work myself and I'm going to get worthy. I'm going to get clean and I'm going to lay that aside. I'm going to quit this and I'm going to quit that. Then I'll get good enough to be saved. You'll never be good enough to be saved. You're not good enough. He didn't come to save good people. He come to save bad people that knew they were bad. That's the key. As long as you think you can get good enough, you're still focusing on the self-centeredness that Adam placed in you by your natural birth. It's in man to be selfish. It's in man to be self-centered. It's in man to try to provide his own way. But it takes...
takes a real man or woman to say, I'll never do it. I'll go to hell if I wait on myself. I'll be lost if I wait on myself. I've got to receive what God paid for me. I accept it as a free gift. Oh, hallelujah. Now, notice who this is administered to. Paul calls them, they which are called. Look at this word. It means bid or named or to call aloud. Utter in a loud voice to name by name. So God names you by name and calls you. Well, praise the Lord. Now, notice in Acts 2.39, for the promises unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall. Oh, you mean even the giving of the Holy Ghost? Now remember Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized every one in the name of Jesus Christ, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children and them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall. Call. Romans chapter 1 verse 6. Among whom, oh I love this one, are ye also the called of Jesus Christ? Romans 1 7. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God. Listen what you're called to be. Called to be saints. Aren't you glad you're called to be saints? Aren't you glad God didn't just call you and leave you out there in that old worldly church and you're actually a prostitute? Think of it, friends. Many of them feel that that call, the initial call to give their heart to God, but they're not called to be saints. They're just called to be saved. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not just called to be saved. I'm not just called to be forgiven. I'm called to be a sanctified one, which is what the word saint means. I'm not just called to just, well, oh, praise God. I won't go to hell one day. No, I won't just not go to hell, but I'm called to be a sanctified life, a sanctified person, a sanctify I am called to be a saint so how do you get this oh brother darling the Catholic church canonizes you it ain't the Catholic church that calls you to be a saint it's the Lord God you have to be dead to be a saint in the Catholic church and then they may or may not give you sainthood but real saints have it while they're alive I've got my sainthood now I ain't waiting on some pope to say, well, we heard he was a holy man. And some then a tape turned up and said, he blasted the Catholic church and called him a whore. We're dropping his name from being a saint. Well, God's already crowned me a saint. Notice this. I am called. You are called. To all that be in Rome, beloved of, oh, listen to this. Beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, whenever they were writing this, in their mind, they were not one big God and one little smaller God, and the one big God set up on a big throne, the small God set over on the other side. It was the merging together that the Lord Jesus Christ was the visible image of the invisible God. He was the son that God gave birth to before the foundation of the world. It was that part of God which could become tangible. It was the testatorship which could taste the hallelujah, the penalty of death in order to release the law of the New Testament. Romans 8.28 For we know all things work for good to them that love God. 
Boy, we need help sometimes with this verse, don't we? My, my. I called Brother Charlie Cox several years ago and just kind of check on him and see how he was doing. I said, hey, Brother Charlie, how you doing? He said, well, I'm on the bad side of Romans 8, 28. In other words, he's going through a lot of hardships and a lot of difficulties. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called, according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. This is his will. This is his will. Amen. Verse 30, moreover whom he did predestinate, them he also and whom he them he also justified and them he justified, them he also glorified already. Praise be to God. Notice this again, 1 Corinthians 1, 2. Unto the church of God which is at Corinth to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Boy, he wanted the saints to get this, didn't he? You're called to be saints. With all that in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. First Corinthians 1 and 9, God is faithful. By whom ye were, listen now what you're called to. By whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Our Lord. It would be an honor just to be his slave. It would be an honor just to be his servant. But think of it. The called are not called to be just slaves and servants in the house of God. Think what they're called for. They're called to fellowship. The Lord Jesus actually wants to fellowship with you. Praise God. Hebrews 3, 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So to those who are called, back now to Hebrews 9, 15, that we might receive the promise, oh my goodness, of eternal inheritance. Uh-oh. Now, if it's eternal, that means it never started. It never had a day it began. And it can never have a day that it ends. So Paul is speaking now directly about a people who are designed by the eternal to receive in eternal inheritance. Oh, my. You see, them that are called are actually the one who share the eternal inheritance before they ever move into the realm of eternal life. So eternal life is not just a place where you go. The foolish virgin, those the lot type of the Old Testament, those that come out of great tribulation in the New Testament, many, 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 many people will come up at the white throne judgment and be judged. And they will be allowed to go into eternal life. But they don't have it now. They have accepted the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Praise the Lord. 
and they love him to a degree. They love church, many of them. They do many, many things, but that's not eternal life. Eternal life is the life of the testator that comes back and lives inside of you and lives out of you his will or testament. And you're not all the time, oh, why do we have to go? Oh, I hate, I've got to give up. I can't stand it because I can't go back in the world. Oh, I want my drinking. Oh, I want my smoking. Oh, why do I have to give it up? No, you don't have eternal life. Get eternal life and those things will go. And it'll help you get away from your selfishness as well. Because eternal life is living for others. Now, not works. Well, you say, well, I do things for people all the time. No, you're totally missing that quote altogether. Eternal life is living for others or an expression of a lived out being out of your being. It comes just as automatic. It's just as easy for, for a child of God to live the word as it is for a drunk to live like a drunk. A drunk, oh man, I gotta go out and get drunk tonight. I hate it so bad. He can't wait till Friday. He can't wait till Saturday. Why? It's in his nature. A child of God that has the will of the tested. This is why to the Gentiles, those who have the seals broken up to their life, this is not a bunch of do's and don'ts and can'ts and cannot. Oh, I can't go here and I can't go there. No, it's not that. It's actually the life of the testator himself living in you. And you actually want to do it. Praise God. How many know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all want to live right? Oh my Lord, what do the rest of y'all want? How many of you all want to live right? You want to do what the word says. You, 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 you want to? You really want to? Praise God, you're blessed. Notice verse 16. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator's boy or the testator's daughter, or the testator's lawyer, or the testator's friend. There's only one way. Even the executor cannot die and kick in the will. You see, he became the mediator. Now as I looked at it last week, that he was actually the redemption money. By which God in type said, Oh, the firstborn are mine. Then God said, I will accept the Levites in the place of the firstborn. So he tells Moses, Number all the Levites and then number all the firstborn. And when he got done, there was more firstborn in all the tribes than there was Levites. Now, what's the type, the mystery of God that was hid? in the substitutionary work here. So let's say it this way, that there was, say, 4,000 Levites, but there would be 4,500 firstborn. So you've got 500 more people than you got Levites. So each Levite stood in place for another individual. So instead of you giving your life, the Levite stood for you. But there were so many beyond the number of Levites. And then God said, well, this is what you can do. Take the, the temple money or the money of substitution 
and receive this money in the place of the Levites because their numbers are short. So here a Levite stood for an individual. But over here because the expanse of the firstborn was larger, then there was so much money. And it's called redemption money. So Moses brought the redemption money. Amen. To Aaron and his sons. So the money then is given back to the priesthood. And they redeem their sons back from God. Now because God said everything that breaketh the matrix or openeth the womb is mine. Animals, men alike. So if you had a donkey, an ass it was called in the Bible, and he was as ugly as he could be. His big old long ears flopping, I mean, he was a little bitty old short guy. He was nothing like a big horse, but he could be redeemed if he was the firstborn. Now, he had to be redeemed, and if you did not redeem him, then God said, if you don't redeem him, break his neck. So the firstborn had the right to be redeemed. Praise be to God. You see, here is the type from the Old Testament of the separation between bride and church. So out of the same father and same mother might come six or seven more children, or out of the same male donkey and out of the same female donkey may come 15 or 20 or 30 more offspring out of that. But yet they are not considered in the redemption because only the firstborn can be redeemed. Oh, glory. Now notice in Christ had to become the mediator of the New Testament, but Christ in the form of Logos could not die. So it must be that he will condescend and become in a human form and become a man, a human, you understand? Which is going to be called the Son of God or the humanity of God. But notice this, then the Bible tells us that he was the firstborn of Mary. Hallelujah. He was the one that broke the matrix. Glory be to God. Notice this in verse 17. For a testament is a force after men are dead, a force, or it is ratified or confirmed. It's the same thing with a compact or an agreement or a covenant. It is fixed by a seal. So actually, the Lord Jesus, when he died, it was the seal or the ratification that the will of the eternal has now been completed. So as he hangs on the cross, it is finished. So the words goes out of his mouth, and by his death, it releases now the will of the eternal. Now, even though it's released, it is yet a few days before the saints are released from that dimension down there. But yet, it has now been ratified and confirmed, and the seal, hallelujah, and God allowed the Romans to go over and put him up in a tomb, and what did they do? They seal that tomb of the Roman seal. 
Hallelujah. And their guards were there, and the Jewish uh, Sanhedrin, their council, they also posted people there so it would be witnessed by both Romans and Jews that he did truly raise from the dead. For a testament is a force after men are dead. So what Paul's trying to emphasize is the necessity of Christ's death. No doubt, many of them are still struggling to think, why would he die? How in the world, when the Bible says, cursed is he that hangeth on a tree? How could this be the very Emmanuel himself? How could it be the supernatural? And yet we saw him hang on a cross and bleed and die and cry and suffer. And they're trying to contemplate it in their mind. How can it be? He's trying to break it to them. This is one thing I love about Hebrews. It is emerging together, the invisible. God of the Old Testament to the visibility of the Son of God in the New Testament trying to bring to them the charter covenant and help them to see this is how you can stand before God in the way that you are you have been released to you a New Testament, a new will a new covenant, are you and I going to let the devil rob us of those things he paid for? Then my brother, sister I guarantee you one thing, we will have to fight for every inch of ground we've got in Jesus Christ Oh, hallelujah. Notice, so it cannot be executed. It cannot be executed until. Now you might read it. Well, I'm going to daddy's secret place here. and I'm going to file through. Go through. Say, I'm going to see what I've got. Where's all my brothers and sisters at? Five pieces of bubble gum? Well, that can't be right. And the door opens up. What are you doing? Oh, nothing. I know what you're doing. You're reading Daddy's will. You might as well put it back because it it's not effective. As long as Daddy's around. But as soon as the man dies, death authenticates death is the seal it's amazing how death can be a seal to release the power of a will so say you owe all kinds of money you owe all kinds of debts but in the will is the releasing to free you from everything you owe but it's of no power it's of no force until your daddy is dead now remember as long as he is alive he can change the will a lot of folks have been put out of wills because of their behavior. I'm sure glad God didn't judge me because of that. There were none of us. We wouldn't have got five pieces of bubblegum, would we? We wouldn't have got nothing at all. But he determined our destiny before there was ever a world. And it was not like that he needed to wait. Now, what's Johnny going to do? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to watch Johnny because I know him. I'm going to have to watch that Philip Martin. Sorry, low down outfit. Look at that Larry Ellen. I'm telling you what, that, that Yance bunch, that Walker Skip. Oh, Lord, look at that Skip Walker. I'm going to have to read anything about this. No, he knew you before the foundation of the world. But he knew you was only captured in this old deprived body. He knew you were captured in this thing. He knew what the real you was. And the will was made to the real you. He knew all you needed was the power out of the will. And who glory to God? Once the power was released out of the will, it would change you to line up and be what the will wanted you to be. Hallelujah. You didn't want to be like that. You didn't want to live like the world. But the opening of the will released the power to help you. Praise be to God for 
For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all. While the testator liveth. So no claim on the legatees can be made. But my name's right there, it's right there, it's right there. I, I want this, I need this, I want it right now. Said, you can't have it. Why? The testator is still alive. Now Jesus gave the power to the apostles. Excusia and dunamis. The two words used for power. Excusia is legislative authority. It's like a police officer receives. So he receives from the mayor and from whoever more. You've got the authority. You see somebody speeding down the road to pull them over. You've got the authority to do this. You've got the authority to wear the uniform. You've got the authority to wear the badge, to draw the gun, to do this and that and the other. That is an authority given to them. That's what the apostles had pre-Calvary. But they did not have dunamis. And dunamis is the word we get dynamite from. They did not have a power by indwelling nature. They had an authority given by the word. Go over here and do this. Go down there and do that. Go over here and do that. Yes, sir, I'll do it. Yes, sir, absolutely. I'll do it in your name. That is excusia. But dunamis is a power that lives in your own body. It is an inherent nature. But you see, they could not receive dunamis because the testator was still alive. So they'd go out and heal the sick and come back and fuss and argue. Now who's got the biggest church in the message, me or Peter? Now who, who, who's gonna sit on the left hand and the right hand side of you in the kingdom? Will it be Levail? Will it be Tim Pruitt? Will it be Donnie Reagan? Who's going to sit on the right and the left hand? Well, that's people with excusia, but not birth with dunamis. Well, come on, saints. You see, once you get dunamis, you lose all that thing of big, big me and little you and all that. No, 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 no. That don't even matter no more. But because the will had not been released, therefore releasing the life to make you live it, they'd argue and they'd fuss and they'd run. They, they'd deny they even knew the Lord. Wasn't you with them? Well, I don't even know who that man is. When Peter even come to a place, he was a cussing preacher. Is that the truth? And when the Lord Jesus went out there and said, hey, y'all caught any, 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 any fish, any meat? They said, no. So they said, Peter, it's the Lord. And the Bible says Peter was fishing naked. I've heard of fishing in all kinds of ways, but I ain't never understood that in my life. I mean, this man gone out of his mind and he jumped in the water. Was that what the Bible says? That's what your Bible says. Why? Because the will. Hallelujah. His name had not been called from the open will to Peter, to Peter, to John, to Jim, to you, to you, to you sisters included. This ain't just a brother's thing now. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, the men were circumcised and the woman was a part of the covenant when she married a man. But now, sisters, you're receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost is what puts you in the covenant. You can pray just like a man can pray. You can touch the heart of God just like a man can touch the heart of God. And the Lord Jesus knew they didn't have the power and he knew they couldn't get it. 
So there's no strength. For a testament is a force. I tremendous it. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So no claim can be made by the legatees to say, well, this is mine. I, I want this. It's that you can't have it now. Why? Well, the testator is still with you. Didn't you hear him say, it's expedient for you that I go away? Because if I don't go away, the power of the will will not come. But if I go away, then the power of the will will come and live inside of you and help you to live the New Testament made manifest. Glory to God. Otherwise, it is of no strength. So no claim can be made. You can't pay no debts. Oh, glory to God. You cannot have power to overcome. You try to do good. Oh, no matter how much I try, I just fall right back in the same old thing again. You know what that means, friend? You're still reading it. You're reading from the will. You're reading from the will, but you ain't got the power of the will yet. If your will is constantly overpowering your godly desire to do something, you need to get a new will. What is that will? The power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm trying to psych myself up. I'm trying to psych myself up. I'm trying to educate myself. Why well, I don't have to depend on pornography. You need deliverance. Oh, I'm trying to psych myself up. Why well, I don't need alcohol. You need deliverance. Oh, I'm trying to psych myself up. Why well, I don't need pills anymore. You need deliverance. It is of no strength. Can you imagine when the power of God come down that day on Pentecost. The testator of the will has now been raised from the dead. He's moved into the position of mediator. And here are all these empty human vessels. About 120 of them. And the woman who even carried the body of the Lord Jesus and there they are gathered, waiting, waiting, waiting. Brother Bam said, maybe one of them said, you know what, I believe we've already got it. Well, praise God, I believe we've already got it. He said, but Peter said, wait a minute, boys. The scripture's got something to say about this. And he quoted Joel too. In the last day saith God, I will pour out the contents of the will. Friends, the will is just not words. The will is just not memorizing scriptures. It's not just memorizing quotes. It is the power to give us the ability to do what he said. It's the power within us when we get so discouraged and so down with the things of life and the difficulties of life that something within us beyond us pushes us on. Something beyond ourselves. even when you come to the end of your faith and you say my faith has run out. Well it's about time for God's faith to kick in then. But if you don't have the power of the will, what do people do? Give up. Well I'm going back to the world. Well go on. That's what you are. All you were was a washed hog. Right? And a dog that vomited and left the vomit in a pile, but knows where the vomit is. So then you go back to your wallow in the mire, and you go back to your vomit, dog, and you go to eating that same old stuff you give up years ago. 
That's what sent a lot of these folks to set the message. What did they do? Many of them was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and they go straight back into Trinitarianism, go straight back into some of them denominations and say they're free. Free? Free from what? Free? You can take on the name of the bridegroom and then take on the name of a denominational system and say, I feel so sorry for you message folks. Don't feel sorry for us. We're the ones that's free. Hallelujah. The only thing you done is went back to your old Trinitarian vomit and licked it up. So I, well, you say, y'all want fellowship with us. I don't like fellowshipping with folks with vomit on their breath. Amen. Well, praise God. Preach, Brother Donnie. It's hard for a little old sheep that's called to be a saint to sit down beside an old filthy hog that's went back to their old wallowing in the mire. Come on, Happy Valley. We might bring an old hog up here and wash her and paint her finger nails and put some perfume all over and make her smell real good you turn that old sow loose and what will she do she'll go just as straight as she can go to that mud hole she'll get in there and water around why she's right at home in that old backslid church she's right at home in that old bar stool but if you let a man get filled with the holy ghost you let a woman get filled with the holy ghost they may have wallowed in the mire they may have eat vomit at one time but they sure won't eat it no more why? Because they've got a new nature. They've got a new desire. Because the will has come open to them. And they have got their marriage certificate. And they are released from the law of that first husband. Let's stand together. Praise be to God. Watch this in St. John 7, 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Because the testator had not been crucified died, raised, and glorified. It was a coming promise. But they couldn't get it now. But you sure can tonight. <laughs> Praise be to God. Notice this. The old covenant was in force. Think of it. The Old Testament was in force in the covenant until the very last breath his life when he goes out then the new covenant was ratified stamped with the seal of his death and this is what it done for you let's read this in invisible union now your name is now in the new book not the book of life but the Lamb's book of life. What the Lamb redeemed. Not the old book of your natural union, but your new bride. Hallelujah. Your new life is in the Lamb's book of life. Your marriage certificate. Hallelujah. Where your true eternal germ from the beginning takes hold.
Now you're not only forgiven, but you're justified. Glory, justified. Romans 5.1. Yeah, Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith. Paragraph 228 of the same message. In God's book of the sea of forgiveness, your old book and marriage is divorced and dead. It's not even in the memories of God. Praise God. You are justified, therefore being justified. It was accused. You was accused. You never done it in the first place. The old union is in the sea of God's forgetfulness. You, now notice, you got to separate you from you. You wasn't married to it to begin with. But he just got through telling you that you were. Now he's telling you, you weren't. So there's a part of you that was, but the germ never was married. You wasn't married to it to begin with. He, the bridegroom, bore your shame himself for you in your place. He took your place for you. Were predestinated for him to be in his bride. Before the foundation of the world, the Bible said so. You are the predestinated seed. Praise God. You were deceived into it by your first marriage to your adulterous parent, Eve. It's no fault of your own. By your natural birth, you come after Eve who committed adultery. That's the reason you were born. An adulteress. You're a sinner to begin with. That's right. You was deceived into it. You had no you. It ain't your fault. Well, I wish he'd make up his mind. Was I or wasn't I? His mind was made up. You was, but you wasn't. Well, brother, no, that makes no sense. It makes perfect sense. If you separate you from you. You never did it. I love this. Because that little germ that was in you was to be you. Don't you see? When that little germ was in you, it was not you yet. As long as you was married to that first husband. It was your representation, but not fully you. Children, don't you understand what the new birth did? It made the germ fully you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That little germ that was in you was to be you before the foundation of the world. God put your name in the Lamb's book of life. Now remember, we're talking about your soul that has been cleared from the sin debt. So if that is true and my sins have been expiated, what happened to them? Where did they go? On the sea of His forgiveness. That's right. But not only that. They went and laid on the head of Him who caused me to do it. So once my soul is cleared, watch this in God in simplicity. But when he crossed, he separated his sonship. He's a sinner by nature. 
under the hands and dominion of Satan and God took a sacrifice, chemical of the blood, but the blood of bulls and goats did not divorce sin, only covered sin. If I've got a red spot in my hand and I cover it with white, the red spot's still there. See, it's still there. That was the blood of the Old Testament like I spoke about a while ago. But God sent down from heaven a bleach for sin. The blood of His own Son. That when our confessed sin drops into God's bleach, try to find it again. The coloring of sin goes back through the mediators, down through the time, I love this, until it hits, yeah, hits the accuser Satan and lays on him till the day of the judgment. Praise be to God. My brother, sister, that is justice if I ever heard of it. Praise God. What happens to the son? He becomes in perfect fellowship with the father again. Standing on the other side of the chasm. Praise God. With no remembrance of sin against him. Jump down to the bottom of that and every molecule of sin goes back to the devil and laid on him till the day of judgment where his eternal destination will be thrown into a lake of fire. Hear that blabber mouse? Hallelujah. 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 Think of it. It ain't no wonder he hates you. It's no wonder he despises this message. There's not another message in the world. There's not a Bible seminary. There's not a Bible college anywhere you'll find that will trace that back and expose him like this. This is why he hates this word. He'll do everything he can to take your confidence away from it. But you remember in whom you have believed. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. So we're on the other side of the chasm in our souls. And the will has been read. By his stripes, you were already healed. I told the Lord yesterday, praying, I said, Lord Jesus, if you were here today, and you and I could get in my car and ride down over the hill to my daughter's house. We would walk in there. There's not one thing you could do to heal her. Now think of it. You have already done it. Now think of it, friends. If the Lord Jesus was in this building tonight in a body... If he had on this suit that he gave me, if he was standing right there beside you, there's nothing he could do any more than what he's already done. So if you need healing, deliverance, whatever it is, if the Lord Jesus was here in person, there's no more he could do. What would he simply try to do? Get you to believe Hebrews 13.8. That he's the same yesterday, today by the mark, and forever. 
So if the Lord Jesus was here, he couldn't do one thing more. Oh, you say, but Brother Donnie, he would do, tell me, what could he do? He's already suffered stripes that you could be healed. There's nothing more he could do. But just simply do something to bring your faith to a spot that you would accept what he's already done and then put in practice A, B, C. You believe him, saints. Praise be to God. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord Jesus, how awesome, how wonderful is your word, your way, your will. Who are we, Lord God, that you would share such wonderful things with us? Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving me ears to hear, a heart to believe, a spirit to perceive, a mouth to echo and say, Amen. Thank you, Lord God. I see it, Lord. I see it. I may not see it like these people do. Maybe they see more of it than I do. Well, I'm, I'm glad for what I can see. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what I can see. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd make it real to every one of us. Father, may we look in those pages and find our name in the will. Because we have been called, praise God, by the mediator himself. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That the office of the comforter has now become the executor of the will. And this is why we need the power of revelation that woman, you're something preached, that it makes it real to us. This is why I get texts and emails. It amazes me, Lord. From all over the world, I will get emails and letters and cards and texts. And people will say, that sermon was just for me. God had you to say this just for me. And I just always do the same thing. I just smile and say, hallelujah. That's email number 333. That's saying it was just for them. And card number 57 and text number 45 and whatever more. Because Lord, I know I can't do that. It's you, the Holy Ghost, taking a human instrument and calling their name as they're hearing the word preached. And some of them, they think, oh, I've never heard my name called. They're hearing it tonight. They're hearing it tonight, their real name. The part of the word. Praise God. That's why it echoes. That's something deep down inside them, Lord. It's you calling their name. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Lord God. Then, Father, we want to praise you tonight for healing. We want to praise you in advance. Father God, I'm going to praise you right now for healing our brothers and sisters with COVID, healing those that's got tumors or those that's got emphysema or eczema or whatever it is in their body. Lord God, may we claim the promise. Father, may we hear our name called from the pages of the will. Lord, if you were here tonight in a physical body, my would all run to you. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. Oh, Lord, I need this. And you'd have to stand there and say, well, there's nothing more I can do. 
There's nothing more that I could, I, I can't bleed again. I can't be beat again. There's nothing more I can do except just tell you to accept my promise. Praise God. We worship you, Lord God. Then the prophet told us, act like we're healed. Go ahead and worship like we're healed. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. A, B, C. Accept, believe, confess. Lord God, my heart jumped within me yesterday as we sat in that doctor's office and he said, I'm sitting here today with much less anxiety than I had when I saw you all the first time. I thought, I love it when you make them testify of your greatness. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In one way, I actually felt sorry for him the first day, Lord, because he was more nervous and more tore up than we were. It takes the Spirit of God when we hear the words of science today. They scare us, Lord, when we hear them. But if our heart is anchored in the promise of your word, we can hear Satan and all of his chatter, 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 and we just set there stable because our faith is in a mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you, Lord God. How many loves him tonight with all your heart? Praise God. Have you been blessed to be in the house of God, to once again hear the reading of the will and to hear your name called out? Worship you, Lord Jesus. I magnify you. I bless your name, Lord. Let's sing something together, hey? I may like to worship God with me for just a little bit before we go. Oh my, thank the Lord. My, it ain't even nine o'clock yet. Folks down at the bar, they just got their old country music all going and they're just going around three or four and in the morning about four o'clock, they'll have the office headache that ever was and think of it, you've got intoxicated with the power of the Holy Ghost. You won't wake up in the morning owing a big lot at the bar and a big tab to have to pay, but oh, hallelujah. I'm not saying that you won't be drunk. You may get up and have to go to the bathroom still drunk on the Holy Ghost, but it'll do you good. <laughs> hallelujah. Can we just worship him a little bit? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, Lord God. We bless your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. You set me You made me free, Lord. Oh, yes, you did, Jesus. So I'll shake off shake these heavy chains.
mountain Nelson. Hallelujah. Names by the voice of my shame and regret. Oh, but I heard another voice. But when I hear when I hear you whisper, child, lift up your Mistake. 
and orphans just come and flesh and bone but he'll prove someday just what I say
things you just draw me close tonight. You know, we talk about the blood and the sacrifice that he's made for us. You know, unworthy, so unworthy. It just makes me want to draw closer to him, live closer to him than I've ever lived before. Let's just, let's just sing this tonight make this a prayer. Oh, Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. Let the world around me fade away. Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to still be praying for the service for the Donnie in the morning. Are you thankful to be saved by grace? Your name's in the book of life, Lamb's book of life. Let's just sing that as we go tonight. Well, I was alone in the darkness. I could not find my way. Jesus shined a light on me. And he turned all my night to Lamb's book. 
Sins are washed away. Say 